shot. Have you seen The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance? I've seen that film many times. One of my favorite John Ford films, one of the greatest Westerns of all time. And some people say it is the greatest Western. Not long ago, uh, I was lucky enough to see Peter Bogdanovich, the, the famous director at a local college. And he said that The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which was made in 1962, was the last great picture of the Hollywood studio era. And a lot of people feel it's in some ways it's the last great Western before Westerns sort of were transformed into another type of a genre. It's so interesting because Westerns kind of never die out. Like, yeah, you can take that point of view and say the classic Westerns ended with the man who shot Liberty Valance. And then that's followed by really different kinds of Westerns, revisionist Westerns, comic Westerns, things like that. Anti-Westerns, yeah, Westerns yeah. in modern settings. Right, right. Uh, and that's all true. But at the same time, there's another genre I really love, which is vampire movies. And people are always declaring that genre to be like, there's nothing more to say. And then someone comes up with just a really interesting new take on it because you can, there's infinite variations. And it seems like the Westerns are like that too. Westerns never die out. And The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, uh, starring John Wayne in one of his great iconic roles. And also Jimmy Stewart as the modern man, the uh, future senator who's trying to change the West. And yet the West is still the West. Yeah, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance has, in many ways, all these themes that are so prominent in the Western. I mean, the Western, in many ways, is, you know, uh, a genre that kind of defines it's sort of an, the American story, um, even though it may not always be accurate. Um, so it contains all these themes like civilization versus lawlessness, you know, um, settling problems with a gun versus by the law and logic, um, the urban settled East Coast versus the wide open plains and mountains of the West. It, that's all in there. Yes, and, and uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance also has that great line about print the legend. Yeah, and I think John Ford has that line. So the, 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 without giving, in, giving too much away in Liberty Valance, the, the title is like, who was the man who shot Liberty Valance? And we, we learn a sort of one version of the story. And then the editor of the local newspaper in, the, in this western town of Shinbone uh, says when the legend becomes fact print the legend and in a way that's john ford the director is saying this is what westerns are all about they're telling a story that appeals to people um, that allows us to see ourselves a certain way but in many ways it's a legend it's not the truth now let's go backwards a bit westerns were some of the first films that were even made Westerns were arguably the first true American genre. Um, the, the movie you can go back to is The Great Train Robbery, 1903, Edwin S. Porter. And many people call that the first real movie, not that there weren't other movies made, George Melies and the Lumiere brothers and others who were making these movies, but they were these little things and they weren't edited the same way. The, the, the Great Train Robbery is the first movie that goes back and forth between different locations and has parallel action and in a way does just what movies do now in a, in a more rudimentary way. It's a short film. It's like 15 minutes long. But in many ways, it's kind of the first movie 
and it's it's a western and westerns were then the dominant genre in american cinema for a good 50 years until the 1980s more westerns had been made than any other type of movie they were just all over the place Steady, ho, ho. Hey, look, it's Ringo. Yeah. Hello, kid. Hello, Curly. Hiya, Buck. How's your folks? Oh, just fine, Ringo, except my grandfather came Shut up. Shut up. Didn't expect to see you riding shotgun on this run, Marshal. Going to Lordsburg? I figured you'd be there by this time. No. Lame horse. Now, talking about, more about John Ford, his uh, first really, truly great Western was Stagecoach, 1939. It was also the film that made John Wayne a star. And uh, uh, he also made The Searchers in 1956. Uh, she Wore a Yellow Ribbon, uh, My Darling Clementine, so many great Westerns. And he sort of uh, embodies the Western director in a lot of ways. Yeah, he he really does. I mean, he, he started in the silent era. Um, he thought of himself above as a as a Western director, no matter what. Even though he made um, other extremely famous non Westerns like The Grapes of Wrath and How Green Was My Valley, Young Mister Lincoln, he made uh, many you know regular dramas. Um, but he always thought of himself as a Western director. And Stagecoach is really important because here it, it has, you know, the greatest director of Westerns, and it's the first starring, really big starring role for the most famous star in Westerns, John, John Wayne. And, uh, With a great supporting cast. An amazing supporting cast. And Stagecoach is, is great. I mean, if you knew nothing about Westerns and you wanted to be introduced to all the themes, the biggest star, everything— Watch that movie, 1939, John Ford, Stagecoach. Uh, it has, you know, all the themes of wagon trains, the westward movement, Native Americans, which we can talk about maybe later about that they're very, the portrayals of Native Americans always referred to as Indians is generally negative in, in movies until we get to more modern times. Um, it has, you know, the railroad, the growth of cities, um, Religion and family versus gunfighters and outlaws. The theme of revenge is in there. The John Wayne character is out for revenge. Uh, a certain idea of what makes freedom. And, and then really the stereotypical portrayal of characters, not just Indians, but um, men and women. John Wayne is wooing the main female character who's basically a prostitute. The stereotypical portrayal of women in, in Westerns is that there's basically a duality. They're one of two things. They're either the good domestic wife who represents civilization and the family, um, or they're prostitutes or something like prostitutes, that. Prostitutes, saloon, saloon girls, you know, bartenders. Right. And the Westerns, I mean, if you're looking for feminist films, you're going to have to look for some... There aren't many in Westerns because women are rarely the heroes. Um, they, they can be very important characters. Um, but yeah, so in this one you have, so you have John Wayne, he's a gunfighter, he's a good guy, but he's escaped from prison for, you know, we won't go into the reasons, and he's out for revenge on the people that killed his brother. Um, and then 
Claire Trevor is this prostitute who's been run out of town, along with another character, Thomas Mitchell, who's this drunken doctor with a heart of gold who's been run out of town. Which is another stereotype, typical character in a Western would be the, the drunken doctor or just the town drunk. Right, right. And the man who shot Liberty Valance, it's the drunken newspaper editor. Um, uh, and then you have, an, you have another woman who's the counterpart to Claire Trevor, who's a soldier's wife, about to be a mother. She's pregnant. She gives birth during the movie. She's a little snobby and doesn't like the prostitute woman until she helps her in her birth, and then they become, she changes in the movie. Um, you have the sheriff. You have a character who's comic relief. You have this dangerous Southern gambler character. You even have the the bad capitalist. You have this uh, banker who's he's, who's run away from the town because he's stolen all the money from his bank. So you got all the stereotypical characters, but it's a really it doesn't feel stereotypical. It feels like a really authentic drama. And then it's shot by John Ford, who is a, a master. Of, of shooting a film, the Western genre, within the film of the Western genre. And he, and he did it so effectively when Orson Welles uh, made the transition from the theater to cinema when he was making, preparing to make um, Citizen Kane. He watched Stagecoach over and over and over again because he thought it was the perfect film. That was the biggest influence visually on his film on Citizen Kane was Stagecoach. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he specifically watched Stagecoach. That's only two years before Citizen Kane. The thing I know about Wells, it's a famous quote. Wells was asked who his most, the directors who most influenced him were. And he said, oh, you know, all the greats like Ford, Ford, and Ford. So let's talk to, about the, the portrayal of Native Americans here. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, uh, first of all, Native Americans are rarely portrayed by Native Americans. They're generally portrayed by white actors in essentially red face, like like the stereotype of uh, doing blackface to, to represent African-Americans. A lot of times they're not even characters. They're just abstract people that are attacking the main characters. That's what it is in Stagecoach. In Stagecoach, it's a wagon train. If you've got a wagon train moving across the, the, the plains, it's going to get attacked by Indians. And that's what happens in Stagecoach. But, and so there's a shootout. You know, that's the entertainment that was expected by audiences. Um, I guess, fortunately, they don't get to the point where they're portraying them as characters because that's almost always negative. Sort of there's three ways that, that the Indians, in quotes, are, are portrayed. One is as the primitive savage, violent, incapable of being civilized, that are attacking and are violent. The other is the noble savage, which is they're still primitive, but they, they're uncorrupted by civilization, and they just sort of live off on their own and leave us alone. Um, they're still you know, out there. And then the final is, I guess, the civilized, so-called civilized Indian. They've accepted the new way of life. They've maybe even, you know, they, they're learning English. They've converted to, to their religion. They're becoming, you know, and, and that would be referred to in, in racist terms as a good Indian, right? So, and that's basically it. Until you get really um, much later, you know, the 60s and 70s, you start to get some positive portrayals of, in, of, of Native Americans, but often still portrayed by white actors. And then eventually, as we get now into, into the 90s and 2000s, you start to see movies finally with all Na Native Americans are only played by Native Americans. Uh, Smoke Signals in 1998 is written and directed by Native Americans. 
And we even have a, a great series that's going right now on Hulu, uh, Reservation Dogs, which is everyone involved in the production is Native American. In closing, let's uh, name a few other films. We've talked about John Ford as a director in some of his great movies. What are some of the other great Westerns, David, and great directors of the classic Westerns? The classic Westerns, uh, uh, Anthony Mann made five movies with James Stewart. Uh, Bud Bettacher made several with Randolph Scott. Howard Hawks made Rio Bravo and Red River. Um, now we're get, if we get a little later in time, Clint Eastwood, the outlaw Josie Wales, and maybe his greatest Western, Unforgiven. And then we shouldn't forget about the spaghetti westerns, Sergio the Leone, westerns, right? Yep. Sergio Leone, that's what made Clint, Clint Eastwood an international star. Some of the revisionist and anti-westerns, you sort of mentioned those. Things like Little Big Man is a wonderful movie in 1970, really showing for the, one of the first times to show the truth of what actually happened to the Native Americans. Starring Dustin Hoffman. Starring Dustin Hoffman. Um, and... Uh, I love a movie called McCabe and Mrs. Miller, directed by Robert Altman with Warren Beatty and Julie Christie. The Wild Bunch, uh, Sam Peckinpah, 1969. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, 1969 as well. George Roy Hill. And uh, and also, um, in terms of classic Western, Shane by George Stevens in 1953. The Magnificent Seven, John Sturges, 1960. High Noon, 1952, Fred Zinneman. These are all great classic westerns as well. This is the West, sir. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend.